Welcome to the Kimmy Travels podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Walter. I am an expert expat and a slow traveler who spent nearly 15 years abroad. Join me as I talk about a variety of topics surrounding all things travel, living abroad, and social issues. Pull up a seat as I share some of my most exciting stories and experiences. You'll also hear from my fellow Globetrotters, and you'll get my take on what's going on in the world. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Kimmy Travels podcast. This is my very first episode with a guest on the road. You'll never believe where I am. So I want to introduce our guest. Her name is Rachel Smith. She's originally from Texas and was living in Houston for the last 15 years prior to relocating with her family to Buenos Aires, Argentina. And that was two and a half years ago. She is a lawyer who's practicing commercial litigation and employment law for the past 14 and a half years, all before the move. So I do have to say that we are live, well, it's recorded, you know how I am, in Buenos Aires, we're in the city center, so you're going to hear all the beautiful sounds and movement of the city, but it's just part of the authentic experience. So let's welcome Rachel. How are you today? I'm doing well. So glad you're here, Kimberly. Yes, and she is hosting me in her fabulous house. It's palatial. When I tell you it's palatial, believe me. <laughs> it's so, also 90 years old. Yeah, it's, it is gorgeous building with like this old school elevator where you have to like close the wrought iron before you press, you know, the button. <laughs> Pray that you don't get stuck. Oh gosh, is that a thing? I've been stuck once. (gasps) She didn't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Because then you wouldn't I would have taken the stairs. (laughs) Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow, okay, so I'm Rachel Smith, a lifelong Texan, but for the last two and a half years, I, um, my husband and I, Michael, have been married for 16 and a half years. He's an Oklahoman. Um, we have two girls, Olivia, and she's 13. We have a new teenager as of like three weeks ago. And Claire, who's nine. Nice. Okay. I invited her on the show, obviously, because she has an amazing story to tell, because it's not often where you get... Americans with kids, families relocating. So she's going to tell us a little bit about that process, her life here for the last two and a half years, and what she's going to be doing in the future. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to the decision uh, with your husband to move abroad. Yeah, so um, like I said, Michael and I have been married for 16 and a half years. He is in, he works in finance in the oil and gas industry, or as they say here, petroleum. And um, we knew very early on in his career that uh, living abroad was a possibility and living in a number of places um, was a possibility. And so... Remember if we quite decided when we were dating, but certainly in our very early years of marriage, we said if we ever had the opportunity to go abroad, we would do it. And um, about 14, 15 years in, Later. the opportunity dun, 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 dun. Um, presented itself, which, you know, dreaming about a possibility as opposed to it actually, actually being reality true. are mm-hmm. two different things, right? So, um, 
we were really in the midst of very busy lives when the opportunity came up and I was in the midst of a career and, um, we still jumped at it. We did. Mm -hmm. Um, but was there any hesitation at all? Because I mean, you had the two girls, they were in school, you were practicing quite actively and it's just like, are we putting the hard stuff on our lives and really shifting or should we think about this? Or like, what was your thought process like? We, we knew we were going to do it. Okay. We absolutely. You just you said we're going to do it. We have to. Find there was no hesitation that we okay. were going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I so I was working in big law, had worked there since you know being an intern in law school, and I was had been a partner for seven years, and I really felt like shortly before the opportunity presented itself for Michael that um, my career was. Um, even though I've been practicing for almost 15 years, mm-hmm. it finally felt like it was kind of taking off a little bit. Oh, you know what that means? So you were just like at the cusp. Of I was at the cusp. <laughs> I, was, there was, like, I was nowhere close to any sort of peak or anything, but okay. I felt like I was like, oh, I'm rounding a corner. Yes. I kind of finally know what I'm, what doing. I'm doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see things coming together, which is a long time to wait for things hey, to come together, I right? mean, <laughs> things happen in their own time. Well, they do. Um, it eventually happens, right? Exactly. Someone said to me, um, I remember uh, um, another lawyer, woman lawyer said, you know, nothing ever happens in your career before 40. And I think she was right, right? I so mean, I when you're 20 like, and somebody tells you nothing's going to happen to your 40, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's forever. <gasps> so and I'll tell you, it was on my 40th birthday that I was flying back to Houston from our first visit to Buenos Aires. <laughs> so I was like, oh my wow. God, everything's happening at once. So um, to go back to your question about was there any hesitation, we mm-hmm. knew we would go, mm-hmm. but the hesitation was like, what will our lives look, look like? Yeah. And um, do I completely walk away from my career? Do I put it on and hold? On hold? Is it just like do I try to continue sabbatical? it in some form? Do I do mm-hmm. a sabbatical? And um, that was the question. That was the hesitation. And that was what I spent a lot of time trying to figure out mm-hmm. in the months from between the time that we got word that we, this opportunity was going to, um, that this opportunity had come to fruition and us actually leaving. Okay. So when you, when we talk about the opportunity, cause that's what we're calling it, the opportunity. Now, is that something that your husband requested? Like, Hey, if there's ever a post outside of the U S like put my name on the list or were they just like, surprise, do you want to go to Buenos Aires? Like, how, how did the opportunity happen? It was a little bit of both. So mm. I think the way it works um, with his company is they always ask, kind of at review time, is this an oh. interest of yours? Oh, I like And that. for years, he always um, indicated that it was an interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, they have operations around the world. Mm-hmm. And so we had no idea where we might where, go. Oh, okay. And so um, when we heard Argentina, we were like, great. No, I mean, we knew South America. <laughs> that happens all the time. That happened to me Did when it? I got 
a job offer first to South Korea, and I was like, one moment. Um, yeah, sure, sure, I could go there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's really far. So honestly, you know, I mean, it's embarrassing now, but we knew very little about Central or South America. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're Texans, so like Mexico was as far as South we've gone. Yeah. I think I, I'd been to Cabo, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding of Spanish was limited to Tex-Mex um, and, and very limited. Um, so, yeah, we didn't know much about Argentina at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. At all. But just the idea of living abroad was something so intriguing to us. We were not going to pass it by. I mean, they probably could have sent us to Timbuk. Well, there are a few places that, <laughs> that gone. You were like, maybe people wait for the But very, actually, Kimberly, very few. Mm-hmm. Very few places, I think, would have been off limits Okay, for me, nice. So. And what about the girls? Like, how did you break it to them that you were, you know, hey, girls, we're going to so move. Say goodbye Michael to your friends. <laughs> I know. Say goodbye to your friends. So yeah. Michael did. I was actually, um, when we got, we started to kind of hear whispers that this might happen. Mm-hmm. But when we got word, I was in trial in Kansas City, mm-hmm. Missouri for like, I don't know, three weeks. Oh, man. And so he was home mm-hmm. um, with the girls and... He told them first. Okay. Yeah. And okay. he started actually introducing them to um, uh, different things about Buenos Aires. Yeah. And Without telling Argentina. them the reason? Well, I kind of put the same. He, roll, he, he rolls it out. Like, yeah. Hola, familia. So, and like, Dad, are you speaking Spanish? Why? What's so happening? <laughs> yeah. So, like, our oldest is really into books. Like, the, she mm-hmm. has been an avid reader from as long as I can remember. And um, actually, not far from our house, mm-hmm. there is a bookstore called La El Ateno, mm-hmm. and it's uh, they build themselves as the world's most beautiful bookstore, and it's Ooh, absolutely gorgeous. Like they have like high ceilings. Mm-hmm. It's like the Sistine Chapel at the top, mm-hmm. and um, that was one of the the things that he told her uh, about the place that we were moving is that you can go to the world's uh, most beautiful the... bookstore. Wow, so, that's a good selling. Point. Yes, it was a good selling uh, point. So, how old were they at the time of the move? Ooh, Let's see. Uh, Olivia was. <laughs> uh, she was ten. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 hold on. I think she turned eleven. Yes, her eleventh birthday was like two months after we got here. Okay. And their birthdays are four days, four years, and four days apart. Okay. And so Claire turned. Um... <laughs> what is that? Like, how old are my kids? <laughs> I know. I think she turned. <laughs> seven right after we got here okay sorry i'm not good at math okay so <laughs> a lawyer that's not good at math come on give me a break so <laughs> imagine that. imagine so speaking of that like you mentioned earlier that you were just like on this cusp of taking off with your yeah. career but obviously if you are not even out of the state but out of the country right how are you going to continue with your career. So So at the time, because I had Mm. so, like I said, a lot of great things were happening in my career from my perspective. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I kind of felt like I was getting a handle on things and I had been practicing for a while. Um, But again, I just felt like I was rounding Rounding a corner corner. Mm. and um it was, like I said, we found out while I was in the middle of a trial mm-hmm. that we were going to be moving. And so I was riding this high. Mm-hmm. And Did you win the trial? We did. <gasps> Congratulations. Was that your last case? And that was my last case. <gasps> yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So, 
And that's a whole nother podcast that 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 case right there. So okay, we take two. About that. We can do like a uh-uh. no. Okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about it offline. It's like part two, um, uh, defense attorney chronicles. Because <laughs> I know y'all have some good stories. Well, we have some good stories. But yes. um, so, like I said, I was I felt like I was kind of riding high, and some great things were happening in my career that mm-hmm. I had been working toward for a long time. And so I um, went to my law firm. I had been a partner for seven years and said, hey, you know, I don't think I want to completely step away. I'd Mm -hmm. really be interested in um, continuing in some sort of part-time capacity. But it was, I worked for a, a large national firm but did not have an international presence. And there wasn't really um, the mechanisms in mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. with taxes and things. It would have been extremely difficult to continue mm-hmm. with my law firm outside of the country. Okay. So. 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 I ended up just leaving the practice. Oh my. You guys, she left the practice. Oh no, no. I'm going to interject this. Okay. And, and yes. Yes. Uh, you know, um, I will tell you, this is an aside, this has nothing to do with living abroad necessarily, mm-hmm. but as a African-American woman who mm-hmm. was one of very few, um, black people. Yeah. People, not even women, black people, <laughs> black, people mm-hmm. black, certainly, um, a working mom and a black partner and a, you know, thousand firm, a thousand people law firm. Um, it meant to me, it meant a lot to have, you know, that representation, to have that representation, yeah. to have achieved that to that point in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that certainly was not the trajectory that mm-hmm. I would have thought that I was going to be on. And so I was very grateful for that mm-hmm. opportunity and I'd worked really hard and, and really enjoyed my job. So to walk away from that was yeah. a little, I grieved for a while, honestly, it's when I it's left, like, yeah. Um, and for a number of reasons, I felt like I, I had a grieving period. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were moments probably that first year, maybe even year and a half where it would just kind of sting that I had left my career. I'd see, you know, a former colleague or someone, you know, doing great things and I'd be like, (sighs) you know, so there was was some of that. mm -hmm. It's not all just like going off to live this life of leisure, mm-hmm. you know, in another country. So, right. I mean, that grieving process, that's something I've never actually had a grieving process over a job. <laughs> like, Congratulations. I like, see y'all later. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's, it's a real thing to yeah, consider. Like if thing. you, like you have this dream that you've been dreaming of for years mm-hmm. and then it, you get the opportunity, but part of that is a sacrifice of yeah. something that's very important to you. It is. And so mm-hmm. you were asking earlier, like, did we know we were just going to go and was there a decision? There was not a decision. Like there was no, I remember um, having a conversation, trying to figure this whole thing out. Would I continue working? Could I continue with the firm? Mm-hmm. And I remember him asking like, so what do you want to do? And it was almost like, um, like, I was like, there's 
like, I'm leaving. Like, that's not a thing. Like, yeah. I'm definitely going to Argentina. Like, right. staying here is not a thing. If we could right. work it out for continuing, that's uh-huh. different. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, I was going to jump. Mm-hmm. But I think part of me wanted that parachute of, yeah, like, of the, career the job, and job security, and yeah, all of all that, that with me. Um, and then it just didn't work out. And I look back and I'm like, Ooh. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Do you remember? I think it was Garth Brooks who sang a song. It was like, <gasps> sing it for us. Sing a verse. I thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> <And I, laughs> so I, it may not even be Garth Brooks, but okay. Um, I was like, I'm and, in Texas, and, and I'm not going to ask about country how music. It, and that's, that's not how it goes. That's 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 the tune is really off. I'm a horrible singer. Um, <laughs> It may be Ray Travis or something. It is definitely an early '90s country singer. (laughs) Um, But whatever the case, yeah, I look back and I'm so thankful that I I did not hold on. Okay, if you know what song she's trying to sing, do let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love it. So you had it in your mind that you're coming, even if you have to give up your career. Mm -hmm. So now that you get here and you know that you're not going to be working, like to go from a career woman, like for example, how many hours a week were you working? Too many. Too many. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, um, I mean, probably 50 to 60 more. I mean, our routine, generally speaking, was I would take the girls to school. We'd work a full day. Um, I, every night opened my laptop up Mm -hmm. and worked till Mm -hmm. midnight and sometimes Mm -hmm. beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, that was the routine. Okay. So you have this super duper busy, uh, family, working mother, career woman, high, you know, partner in the law firm. Mm -hmm. And now you're in Buenos Aires. (laughs) What are you going to do? Like, what do you do? Did you have an idea of, like, what you wanted to do while you were here? Like, to keep, like, yourself active and busy? I, um, so for years, I have been fascinated with antique letterpress. Mm -hmm. And back in 2017, um, my husband bought me for Mother's Day a 120-year-old antique letterpress machine. Wow. It's like over a 1,000 pounds. It's mm-hmm. huge. And um, so I knew that um, I wanted to bring that here. The The problem with it was, so if you know anything about letterpress, it's, you know. I don't, except a, for what I've seen this week. But okay. It is explain a it like we don't very know. <laughs> slow long, arduous process. You have to set the type with either wood or metal type. Mm-hmm. Um, and setting type, you you put your letters in upside down and backwards, and you have to um, lock it into place and then set it on the printer and ink your printer. I mean, there is a reason that this is not done anymore, right? Okay. There's a there's a simpler, easier it's process. Simpler, More easier okay. press print on your computer. <laughs> but um, okay. it it creates a beautiful work of art, in my yeah. opinion. And so I had taken some classes. I actually had a client, the um, Printing Museum in Houston. You should go oh, check it out. It's out. a wonderful place to visit. But um, they were a client of mine for many years, and I took classes there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fell in love with this craft, and um, we found this letterpress machine 
the problem was when I was practicing, I never had time to of use course, it because you have course. to have a lot of time to right. ink set, a printer and set type and all that stuff. And so I'd um, done it a little bit. And so my hope and dream was that when I came to Buenos Aires and I wasn't practicing, that I'd have time to pursue um, this hobby. But we moved into a building. <laughs> A 90-year-old building with, with very small elevators. Yes, a, be- a beautiful elevator that sometimes gets stuck. That yes, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> and so they could not get my letterpress machine that weighs a thousand pounds into the building. Oh, no. And so I found a 500-pound letterpress machine and <laughs> and we could get it in the building. And so that's what I've used to um, do my letterpress on here. And um, I've also taken up the hobby of quilting. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is kind of what happens. I say like when people, I mean, I know retirement's way, way off for us, but (laughs) when people retire and they don't have a plan, right? Because you're so used to like working in this rhythm and just like going, going, going and never sitting down that then when you have that moment of like stillness and peace, which we all know very well, thank you to COVID, it's just like, what am I going to do? So I think it's great that you had already started that hobby and found something that you loved and you finally had time to yes, kind of like finally. Keep, keep doing that. It has been um, life-saving. So prior to COVID, I just started to kind of get geared up, firing up my machine. Mm-hmm. And um, then I... So my mother-in-law is, my husband's from a very small farm town in Oklahoma, and my mother-in-law is a quilter and a baker, and she does all the things, the gardens, Mm -hmm. like all Mm -hmm. the slow farm town things. Yes, love it. And so um, she started, um, she'd sewn for a long time, but she started quilting when our firstborn was, when I was pregnant with with Olivia. Oh, nice. And so I was always fascinated by this hobby, but again, I did not have time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started shopping for a sewing machine in February of 2020. <laughs> Can you believe that? That's perfect timing. I know. You were like just ahead of the COVID I was curve. Just ahead of the COVID curve. <laughs> so I literally started sewing. And, well, it took me a while to learn to thread my machine. Okay. But I hear that's tricky. I'm not a sewer. It is so tricky. It is so tricky. But I started sewing in um, the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, so those have been my two big Buenos Aires and pandemic hobbies. I love it. So your COVID pivot was actually something that you loved before. Mm -hmm. And then that's something you just started before that. Okay. So you had, like, your time was... Like, yeah. okay, you had things to do. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Hey, you guys, if you have hobbies and you're working 60-hour work week, ask your husband to get relocated to Buenos Aires. That is <laughs> that's the, me. that's what we've learned that's today. <laughs> that's what we've learned today. But you know what? You bring uh-huh. up a good point, Kimberly, because one of the things that I often think about is to, you know, we're, as much as we love Argentina, we won't be here forever. Mm-hmm. And I really want to... Um, some of these lifestyle practices that uh, some of these lifestyle practices that we've incorporated um, that I've incorporated personally and then as a family, I don't want to lose that just because we go back into the hustle and bustle of the U.S. And mm-hmm. so I really want to be able to continue this slow pace. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why I'm so attracted to like 
hobbies from yesteryear okay. that require you to move I think very, very because, slow. Yeah, because it's, you know, you're slowing down. Yes, I love it. Um, when I started looking for this sewing machine, she mm-hmm. gave me some pointers and some tips, and then she actually taught me to sew over Zoom during no the pandemic. No way. Yes. So between my mother-in-law on Zoom and YouTube and just kind of figuring it mm-hmm. out. Um, and I have a long way to go. Like, I have a long way to go. You guys, her I stuff is so it. beautiful. Absolutely it's really it. beautiful. And I, when she told me she just started um, before the pandemic, and I was like, but why is your stuff so pretty? <laughs> Because when I like first start something, it's gonna get like jagged edges, and it's gorgeous. I love it. I mean, both with my the letterpress and the um, the sewing, it is such a creative outlet. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I was like, oh, oh, this was all it was there. All inside, and there's so much that I learn about life Mm -hmm. from this process. Oh, yes, it is like slow down. Yes, take your time. Don't yes. rush it. I nearly lost a finger back in July. There was an incident that involved the emergency room. <laughs> yes. Um, and then nearly, yeah, yeah, I nearly lost a finger. But hey, some hobbies are, you know, cool, creative, and dangerous. <laughs> Fingers are you Where do. You might, you might lose a finger. But I will tell you, you need your left index finger way more than you know. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like... Well, you don't, like, notice how much you use something until you can't use it anymore. And, like, are you left-handed? No. I'm See, right-handed. she's not even left-handed. And she was like, this is I need that finger. So, and my, my sister, um, we just laugh because it's, you know, I have a really pointy pointer finger. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the sewing accident. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So your hobbies, your new hobbies are slow and they've taught you these beautiful life lessons. Yeah. You got to keep yourself busy and occupied during the pandemic. So I kind of want to talk about like, how was that in Buenos Aires? Because I was in the U.S. during yeah. that time. So I want to know, just like touch on how, how things were here during like the height of the pandemic versus kind of yeah. now. What about like the girls' so... school and what happened? Oh my gosh. So March 11th, 2020, the day the world changed for everybody's actually my husband's birthday. Oh my goodness. And uh, my brother and sister-in-law were here. They were supposed to be, they arrived like on March 9th. They were supposed to be here for 10 days Mm -hmm. and they were here for almost a month. So um, Buenos Aires um, and Argentina went into a pretty strict lockdown. Mm. So eventually they were able to leave. Um, but we stayed in lockdown for months. I mean, there was one point in time, Kimberly, where we had not left this apartment in, I want to say two plus months. Wow. Like not, when I say not not left this apartment, not even on the old dangerous elevator. (gasps) Like that's, that was the level of lockdown. Mm. So you could go, um, to the doctor or you could go to the grocery store only one person could go at the time michael was the only one like Mm -hmm. leaving to go to the grocery store when we finally were able to leave Mm -hmm. it was um by our document like our id ID numbers on certain days of the week Mm -hmm. and you could only go so far so you know we were watching our u.s friends and family who were complaining Mm -hmm. um and I'm like, what 
what are they complaining about? Everything, like, everything. Like, like I can't believe I'm you're like, trying to keep you're, me alive. You're like, <laughs> but you're like, you can doing do everything all you want to do. You're yeah. doing all the things, and I'm literally inside my house. Yeah. Um, but you know, I realized how much I love this little family we created. Oh. We like, we really didn't make the most of it, and I think mm-hmm. we made the decision that. Like, if we go down, the girls are going to go down. And so we were like, we're, we're all going down together. Yeah. And, but I think that that was like, you like, get yourself together mm-hmm. and you're like, we're not going to let this, this these lockdowns, these restrictions, we're not going to mm-hmm. let it defeat us. And we had a lot of fun. I mean, oh with the sewing and the mm-hmm. baking and the letterpress and we would have like themed days, um, like we had a picnic in the house and we did Disney day (laughs) and we did um tea parties and Mm -hmm. we just learned my daughter started crocheting Mm -hmm. and Olivia really got into film and creating short films and dancing there was a break dancing season Um, there was all kinds of things piano lessons Mm -hmm. I mean all kinds of things came out of that and some things have stuck and some things haven't that's good but Mm -hmm. we were like we're gonna try a lot of things and we had Mm -hmm. a lot of fun we really did that's good an opportunity to yeah like try a lot of things and see what sticks yeah that sounds like my (laughs) pandemic projects because I was like I said I was I had a garden I was painting I was doing yoga I started the podcast I did the website I was just like all the things and I had a friend who was like she was like friend I am so worried about you you're just in that house and I was like we're good having a grand old time and I'm not saying I do not want to make light of the pandemic Mm -hmm. or any of it it was a challenge for us like it was for everybody else Mm -hmm. but um we we really did try our best to make the most of it and we have some really great memories Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to like these situations I think has taught all, all of us just like this kind of forced pause to appreciate the moment, like you said, slow down, like do a letterpress. <laughs> That'll really make you slow down. I the know process. exactly. Or yes, you can lose a, li- a finger. You can you, you can lose may, a finger in letterpress too. <laughs> you may lose some some you know limbs, but okay, it's still fun and exciting. Exactly. All right. So now that you're like in Buenos Aires, um, tell us kind of some observations that you've had comparing your life here. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, a, a big chunk of that was in the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then you're super duper like busy, high pressure, high stress life back in the states. Oh, wow, um, there are some some real characteristics of the Argentine culture that I look forward to taking home, mm-hmm. and I really hope that we can maintain them. Um, the last couple of years economically for the people of Argentina have been so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the peso has just been really down and it's been a, a, a tough time here economically. But um, the people have been so friendly and nice to us. I mean, our neighbors used to greet us with a kiss every morning until the pandemic. And You're right. Like, oh, just good anymore. morning. <laughs> <Bring the effort." laughs> um, so they really are very friendly people mm-hmm. They we always um laugh because anytime you're stressed about anything or they can detect that you're stressed they say, yeah. tranky, tranky, don't worry <laughs> about it no importa. and they really um do pride themselves mm-hmm. on kind of wellness you'll see a lot of um although it's a very beef beefy culture there, there is, is delicious when she says beefy not like beefy guys <laughs> 
but like beef beef like moo cow beef and it's delicious but there's also it is excellent Uh, especially coming from Texas like I'm like this is right up our alley so we do barbecues Mm -hmm. at home they do the asados on the parisha they all have these built in like elaborate um what do you call them? Grills? Grills yeah. in their backyards. For mm-hmm. those who live in back, we live in a building, but um, they are, there's a huge barbecue culture. It's different from Texas, at home, right? but it's a big barbecue culture. There's no sauces. <laughs> yeah, they don't do the whole sauce thing. They're like, why are it you going to so defile much this sauce? good meat? <laughs> like, don't defile this good meat with, you know, all your sauce. Um, but they also have, there's a lot of health and wellness, a lot of uh, emphasis on mental health here mm-hmm. as well. And so I just love that, um, you know, the they're always encouraging one another. Tranqui, tranqui, mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, and then there's just the pace of life. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is um, something that I feel like we've adopted as a family. And uh, we read this book. Um, Michael and I read this book with our church group called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And Ooh. it is all about getting hurry out of your life that's and so that Mm -hmm. just happened it was just something that we read while we were here Mm -hmm. but it's also very in line with this culture Mm -hmm. so for example you go to dinner and they're not trying to turn the tables over quickly they are not going to rush you sometimes you have to flag your Mm -hmm. your waiter down and at first i was like oh my gosh i feel like that's being rude and i thought that maybe they were being rude but they are letting you enjoy Mm -hmm. your time Mm -hmm. so without hovering without you don't get the hover you don't get the hover you really don't (laughs) and you know i i i love that when you michael works in the business district he's now starting to return back to the office and you can walk through the business district right and people are in the parks playing ping pong in the middle of the day. Oh, I love that. Um, they take the, their lunch. They take their vacation. It is not uncommon to sit at a cafe and have merienda, which is like coffee or tea and a croissant or mm-hmm. media luna, which is a very sweet croissant. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sit there for hours. I mean... For it's hours. just like it's like tea time, snack time. Yes, sitting and on the terrace, enjoying the the weather's beautiful. The weather right is now. beautiful. It is yeah. beautiful, and so I I love that. And I'm like, when I go home, who's going to sit and have coffee like, with me for two shall hours? Shall we do the merienda? Yes, yeah, the merienda, anybody? And everybody's gonna be like, uh, I gotta no, get back to work. I got 20 minutes for you, <laughs> if that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. recruit some. You're good. I don't know. How, who are you? Gonna, hey, call me. I'll call you, Kimberly. I don't know where I'll be, but if we have to do like virtual merienda, I'm oh, there. Absolutely. I love that. Virtual merienda. That feels like yeah. that needs to be a thing. It should be a thing. So it's like a, a sip and chat, right? Yes. But with like media lunas. It is. I mean, I'm telling you, come on, Americans, get with the program. You like, do. we move way too fast mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. And. I would just, I feel like we could be so much more well mm-hmm. as a people. Overall. Overall. overall if yeah. we just, we, we're just, you know, my, my, my brother and my sister-in-law, not, they're not married. They're the, they're the. The partners of the. Yes. My actually, yeah, my brother yeah. and my other brother's wife. Okay. <laughs> they, they have, um, 
I wouldn't say they have similar personalities, but they both have adopted the phrase, the joy of missing out, because oh, neither yeah. one of them are afraid of like saying no to things mm-hmm. or just like, you know, that sounds great for you, but I'm going to pass because mm-hmm. I just want to be home. Right. And I love that about both of them. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just something that we've joked about for years, mm-hmm. but now I feel like that's me. Like yeah. I have <laughs> like, Hey, there's on. FOMO, the fear of missing out. But I, I'm going to take Jomo, this Jomo. It's okay. wonderful. And um, it's just, it, it's one of those things. And I love it because my oldest daughter, I see it in her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hold on to that. You yes. don't have to do everything, be a part of everything. You can mm-hmm. celebrate with people mm-hmm. when they're doing that. And but then And then step away. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the things that... That is not my natural personality, and mm-hmm. that was not who I was when I got here. Mm-hmm. But it's um, something that I've adapted, and that I love, and that I hope to take back home. That's good. Yeah. I love it. So um, slowing down, enjoying the journey. That's actually my tagline, which is yes, enjoy enjoying. the journey because it is about like that everyday life that you're living, not the destination. Because at the end, we're just gonna die i'm sorry if you didn't know that's the end i'll, I'll share a <laughs> don't sh- race to the finish don't race to the finish. enjoy it right? i'm gonna share a short story and it didn't happen here in argentina but it was a result of the move to okay. argentina so um we moved here in the summer of 2019 in july my husband moved here in may so while we were waiting on visas and the whole thing the girls and i were in um Uh, the U.S. most of that time with my parents for about six weeks. Well, my grandfather, my dad's dad, passed away that summer. Um, He was 95 years old, and we had gone on a trip to the East Coast, and my dad was supposed to pick us up from the airport, and he couldn't because my grandfather had taken a fall, and he was like, I think this might be the Mm -hmm. end, so get over here in the morning. I had, this was some... This was like mid-June. I think he died on like June 19th or 20th. I had just had my last day of work like two weeks before, okay? Mm-hmm. The first week of June, I think, was my last week of work. So we get back from this short trip. My grandfather falls. My dad says get to the hospital. We go to the hospital. Um, we spent that day with him. I spent that day that he passed away at the hospital with him, 95 years old. It was a sweet time. It was a special time. He was 95. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was sad, but, you know, we all want to live to 95 mm-hmm. and then, like, I, die in yeah. our sleep, right? Yeah. Like, that's the, that's kind of the, right? That's a dream. <laughs> that's, that's a dream. How, that's how I want to like, go. die at 95 and then... You're like, and... And see. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I did not want to make you laugh when you talked oh about your gosh. grandmother's but I, but I can... I really can celebrate because... Mm-hmm. He was 95. Like mm-hmm. it was, we had a, it was a, it was sweet. And so the whole point of this story is that after, now listen, I had just stopped working for two, two, like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying everybody needs to like quit their jobs. And I know there are many ways to skin a cat. Yes. But he passed away. And I remember like in the days after mm-hmm. I said that was the first big event mm-hmm. of my life in 15 years that I was fully present for. I had wow. gotten married. Mm-hmm. I had had two kids. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, there was nothing hovering over my head. There were no emails. There was no to-do list. There was no need to return that phone call. Mm -hmm. I was just there. There. And I was like, I have, what all have I missed? Mm -hmm. Like, like being fully. Right. We're just like a part of you or a part of your attention was present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was eye opening to me because it's sometimes it's like, until you experience it without the exhaustion Mm -hmm. or without the stuff hanging over your head, you don't even know. You don't, it, that's, and that's the thing. Cause you're, you're so like caught up in your, your stuff yeah. that you, you can't see or you can't imagine taking a step back. And when you do that, it really is like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. The weight is lifted. Yeah. And then once like you're here and you're like, oh, when I'm going back I've been well before the COVID (laughs) I was away for 15 years and I knew that first year that I didn't want to return Mm -hmm. because I was like I've seen the other side I've tasted the Kool-Aid I saw the rainbow (laughs) I can't go back no I paso atrás it was it was just I don't know I just did not realize how much of my life and again I'm not discounting. I mean, I had a wonderful wedding and a wonderful delivery of kids and all those mm-hmm. things. But I was like, there was like this layer over right. everything in life mm-hmm. that I did not realize was there. because yeah. I, I, I was just so busy. I was mm-hmm. just so busy. And I think in the U.S. we we wear that busyness as a badge of honor <gasps> and importance. You and have hit the nail on the head. It's like mm-hmm. why Americans are afraid to like take the vacation days. You know, it's like, oh, if I leave, then someone's going to like in and then yes. you know but it's not like rest is reformative and it's it's needed it is like do you, you need your body to rest it has to have like that regenerative time to, we do. and you're gonna we be your best it. self if you're well rested you, and it, sleep you, eight hours it's still my dream i'm trying to work on that um, in my dream world i'm team eight hours in the reality <laughs> that's not the case it's hard <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. And I'm not even saying, like, I don't want to create some fantasy of what life is like. There are still times, like I said, there are times where it stinks. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I could be, mm-hmm. you know. Because, look, there, there are no accolades here. Right. You know, there are no accolades with the sewing or the letterpress. <laughs> There's no, ooh, you're a high-powered you're the best, attorney. Or you're the best a new quilter award. Exactly. There's none of that. Look, mm-hmm. there's there's not any of that. So um, I think, and, and there are other things about living abroad. You know, sometimes people forget about you. Or there's, you know, you miss out on things. I had mm-hmm. just this past week. I lost my first friend who our last text was, hey, catch up with you next time you're in the U.S. Oh, goodness. And we got a call the other day and just an unexpected death. So there is a lot, there is a lot that you miss out on Mm -hmm. because you're away. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not all, I mean, look, I prided myself on being able to get my day-to-day activities done, go to Mm -hmm. the grocery store, you know, drive a car, all the things that become exponentially harder, mm-hmm. speak to my neighbors, mm-hmm. <laughs> communicate with the people around me. Those things become exponentially harder living outside the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also great trade-offs. I just I just want to put that out there because mm-hmm. I want people to think that it's like some... It's not it's always like rainbows games. and puppies. Right. There, no. there are 
you know, those, those growing pains, you're, you're relearning how to do things that came so easily to yeah. you before. Yeah. Right. So, well, Rachel and I were, <laughs> we had a nail appointment today and we were just, uh, chatting there and she mentioned like how hard it was to make friends like as an adult. And it's like, wow, that is, it's a real thing. It's a thing. Like, how do you make friends when you're not a part of that kind of ready-made community of like yeah. college or like you said, your law school, your professional women's network. And now you're doing something completely different. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, how do you even do that? It's, um, you said ready-made mm -hmm. and I didn't realize how many of our, the friend, friends that we have in life are ready-made from some kind of, certain point in time right mm -hmm. or community and it's it's funny because I feel like you know as a mom I'm always teaching my children how mm -hmm. to make friends like and, and I always be say kind, be my, my mother used to say um to have friends you have to show yourself friendly <laughs> I love it and, uh, thanks mom <laughs> And so I have repeated that to my kids all the time. It sounds like 1950s. It does. So friendly. <laughs> um, but it is not easy to make friends as an adult. And I didn't realize until, you know, just recently that most of my friends were from, you know, a work community or a church community or a professional, you know, environment or mm -hmm. from college or mm -hmm. law school or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then to make friends in a brand new environment, um, as an adult, I always say, I have this good friend, and I was like, if I didn't know you before 32, there is way There's too much no. history. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> like, there is too much catching up, right? right. Like, you're going to take my jokes wrong. You're not going to know the backstory. <laughs> There's too much explaining. Yeah. Um, and so that has, that's a challenge of, of living abroad, is learning to um, make friends as an adult and in a brand new environment. We, our kids go to an international school, so we're meeting people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that was probably more challenging than I thought. And we've, we've made some amazing friends here mm -hmm. and have met some outstanding people that we never would have known. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's hard, and particularly in a pandemic, right? Yep. You, like you said, you're in your house. We like, were just getting to know people. Streets. We were like eight months in and had just started to make some friends. And then all of a sudden you don't see them for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do we can fuck my phone or Zoom. Me? Do you like <laughs> me? Do you not like me? Yeah. Um, all the things. Okay. So. That's a lot. That's a lot, I think, yeah. to kind of move to a new place and then like just... Yeah, that's a lot of changes on top of changes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, I have loved having you on the podcast. Before I let you go, is there yes. anything that you could give in terms of like advice or consejos to wow. particularly like families? Because families. moving abroad with children is a lot different than like, for example, me. I'm just like, I'm going to go here. Yeah. So what could you tell people that either maybe haven't been thinking of it until they heard your episode mm -hmm. or they've been thinking about it, but are afraid to take the leap. Don't what be could scared. You say? Don't be scared. I say <laughs> it is, this has been one of the most amazing experiences of our life. I always tell Michael, I'm like, it needs to get better from here. Like mm -hmm. this has been sweet. Like we got to keep going up. I'm yes. not going back to like, <laughs> I'm not backtracking. 
Um, so this has been an absolutely amazing experience. I think um, showing yourself some grace, right? Because you're going to feel like a three-year-old, particularly mm -hmm. if you don't know the language or you barely know the language. It's extremely humbling, right? To absolutely. not know... What's happening around you. What's happening around mm -hmm. you. You don't know how to make change. You know how to get to the grocery store or talk to your neighbors. Mm -hmm. It's just like, wah, wah, wah. And you, so there are times when I have felt like an, a complete it, it, idiot. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh. So, um, you know, just embrace the change. Mm -hmm. I think our kids respond mm -hmm. to our um, reactions to things and emotional wellness. That is really important because you're not just, you're learning, but you're also giving them that example. Yes, right? modeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Because kids are always watching. Oh, yes. They're always watching. They're very like, observant and they will call do. you out. Oh, and her stuff. girls are not shy. Yeah, they call me out all, <laughs> all the time. All the time. I'm kind of like, mom, no, so, uh, yeah, so they're, they're, you're definitely modeling. So I think like our emotions to the changes of being here mm -hmm. and to the pandemic, definitely, um, they responded to those. Mm -hmm. So it was important for us to, to be positive mm -hmm. and, um, to make the most of those things. Cause then I think that they did. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd say embrace change, like embrace you know, be okay. Just be humbled by it. You're going to be humbled. So you might as well embrace it and not just be embarrassed by everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like, you know, there are things in the U S that are, we grow so accustomed to and they feel very efficient mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I'm like, just embrace the differences. Try something, like, new. Try something mm. new. We don't, always have it figured out in the U.S. There's so much that we don't. Um, so instead of complaining about the differences, mm -hmm. just like lean into them. I think that's Ooh, been I like that. very lean helpful. Into the differences. Lean into the differences. Lean into it. I love that. Um, yeah. There's so much, but that, those are probably <laughs> the big things. Those are probably the big All things. All right. That is great advice. And on that note, I will say thank you so much for listening and thank you for number one, inviting me, having me in your house, and being a fabulous guest on the Kiwi Travels podcast. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure. Oh, oh, um, I'm her first post-COVID house guest. So yes. that's also an honor. Yes, you've got to the sign the guest book. I you cannot leave without signing the guest book. <laughs> it's it. got like a bunch of empty pages. It has not been I'm going to fill in all the pages. 2020. <laughs> All right, and for everybody else, thank you so much for listening, and remember, enjoy the journey. Ciao. Ciao, ciao for now, now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Kimmy Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, comment, and share. Please pop on over to KimmyTravels.com to catch up on past episodes. And from there, you can find me on all the socials. All right, you guys, thanks again for tuning in. And remember, enjoy the journey.